Revolutionaries was good. Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran-led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton, and has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting, and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding, and speaker sourcing. RMG's signature program, one that I was able to MC last year, is the fifth annual Fuel, the ultimate men's summit. It will take place this year in November, the 9th through the 12th, 2023, in Houston, Texas. The annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition, and guess this, a celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG and Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now, let's get ready for the show. How do you create a safe space? Creating that safe space for open conversation is challenging. And so just if we expand it to non-dads, to uh, women, to relationships, how do you create that safe space? What are there? You know me, I like three steps, five steps. How do you create a safe space so that we, we, we're not thrown back when someone says or does something, we say, okay, um, but they say it in a way that that doesn't hurt as much. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. So for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves, where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Colford, joined by my good friend, my my good friend, my my dude, my buddy, as I say, my dear brother on our special look, our special series of conversation here on what, what I'm going to entitle now. Like we haven't even talked about it. We're going to call this series Revolt and Evolve. And that, yeah, that, that's our title. Dr. Travis Batts, a world-renowned cardiologist, uh, all, all, all the things. But we've developed this relationship and friendship uh, that spans not only these conversations that we're having with you revolutionaries. We talk at length, you know, uh, every, uh, almost every week. But when we can, to make sure that we are checking in to do our brotherly duties uh, with each other, to make sure that as we revolt and evolve into the people that we want to be, we have the people who are accountable, uh, that we are accountable to to and will hold us accountable uh, for our growth and just the camaraderie. I think that we talk about all the time on this show, Revolutionaries, that, you know, find your midwives. Well, I found mine and I hopefully, hopefully that, that Dr. Bats has found his and that these series of conversations that we will have for the length of this year uh, will be illuminating, uh, mind-blowing, uh, thought-provoking and an opportunity for you to grow uh, into the revolutionary version of yourself based on these conversations because I know that uh, not only do I laugh but I learn as I go back and listen to Dr. Back because he is such a uh, I'm going to say a force he is a knowledgeable force when it comes to the world and uh, so I just want to say thank you to him so welcome welcome back my friend thank my you. dude my guy, my midwife, what's going on with you? Hey, what's going on, midwife? You you know I'm happy to be. I needed this. This is more than intellectually stimulating. This is also cathartic. And and so and thank you. And, and we may touch on it later, but thank you for, for being there, being available. Um, and, and the thing is, it's one of those things where through your show and this isn't me just being a super fan. This is me literally. <laughs> Looking and we talked about it. I I scan your shows to see, is there something out there that can help? 
And, and even when I'm talking to other people and, and they're going through issues with either how to develop their entrepreneurship or, or how to understand um, the relationship that they had or didn't have with their father or how do they approach leadership? Um, I think that, you know, those things are, are key and central to to what we're doing and, and how we're doing it. So thank you uh, for letting me share in this vision. I mean, I feel like I'm a, I'm a part of the uh, the team, so to speak. So so I think that's wonderful. So you, you look, you're right. You're right. This this is a this is a team effort. And so many people I don't know if, you know, we haven't talked about it. so many people talk about uh, this banter that we have been able to establish. <laughs> um, uh, look, I look. I, I need to start paying uh, Commander Corey Doolittle because he his name is said so many times on the show. Um, he and the Colonel uh, Jahari Hemphill and uh, the Lieutenant Colonel uh, Arthur Graham out there in California. All, all of my dudes, man, good men of Omega as well, um, who are just you know doing their things in the world, who are avid listeners of the show. But uh, Commander Doolittle uh, said he was like, "Yeah, I'm loving this format that you and Travis have." And just the vulnerability that you two bring to this, this opportunity to hear two well-educated black men be open and vulnerable and all of the things uh, allows him to be uh, more vocal and vulnerable in his life. So shout out to my good friends who are avid listeners to the show. My dude, Brian Tyler, uh, out here in Virginia, who is also a super fan of the show. I got to give a good shout out to my team. Uh, Speedy, who's a, a part of the team now, is our social media manager. Sarah, and uh, the the man, the man, the man behind the current wheels of steel, uh, my my line brother Seiko. So, <laughs> shout out to them. So, brother, we, we we you know this is a free flowing show, and this is our opportunity to just you know check in what's going on in the world. You know, so what's what's on your mind? Where, let's start there. What's what's on your mind? I know you really I was going to say you really want to know. I know you really want to know. I mean, <laughs> um, a lot, you know, in the sense, and I know that wasn't a profound answer, but it's one of those things where uh, that there's so many things that you're trying to unpack uh, emotionally. You have so many targets that you have to hit. And it's it goes back to that conversation of and this isn't so much the grind. This is just. How do you restabilize yourself? How do you hit the reset mm-hmm. button and restart when you've had um, an event occur in your life? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, words that we use uh, in medicine, or, you know, or, or resiliency, and, and we use those terms, but mm-hmm. it, it's easy to teach it. It's just harder to to live it when you're in it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and again, that's why I thank you for being there and, and helping me understand. And it harkens me back to um, a, a, a recent show. You, you filmed it back last year where it talks about, you know, developing relationships and these uh, connections that you have. And the analogy that was given was, you know, the relationship between a child and a parent is a boat and, and kind of a, a dinghy that's attached. And, yeah. you know. As the dinghy, you kind of float out yes. there and, and you don't worry because you know that you're getting pulled in the right direction. But but mm-hmm. when that attachment is too long and you can't see that boat and and what I want to thank you and, and everybody that reached out uh, during this time of, of challenge for me, they never let my rope get too long. Right. Yeah. As, as yeah. independent yeah. as I am. They, how are you? Nope. You're doing well. Even even my daughter. It was it was it was a surreal experience when when I got home from everything that occurred this weekend. Um, I don't know. I guess I just didn't seem like her normal dad or, or, and she literally just paused what she was doing and said, Hey dad, how are you? And I'm like, I'm fine. She's like, no, no. How are you? And I'm like, whoa, that's a big question. Right. That when, when somebody cares about you and, and, you know, and you know that that person cares about you. When somebody says, how are you? How are you? How are you? It's not the typical, oh, I'm good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which, which, which can be a typical answer for, you know, for men. Like, I'm good. Because, right. you know, I was having this conversation with, with uh, four men before we recorded this session today. Is that we, we were able to be, like, grown. And I'll say that. Because, like, grown. Men in their forties and fifties, actually a sixty-year-old, having you know an uh, intergenerational conversation. Mm. And when you say "How are you?" that ability to open up and say, "Well, this is how I am. 
and to be unafraid, to be unafraid instead of giving the standard answer, I'm good. Because I, I, I often say that all the time. How you doing? Well, I'm good. And then I realize in the moment I might not be good, but I'm I've been so used to saying it exactly that it you know I'm 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 so used to saying that that it becomes you know a, as as my father would say a, a rote answer right right and yeah that's that's the thing when it becomes a rote answer so what was your answer to your daughter <laughs> I'm ashamed to say now because I did say I said I'm good but then when she probed I I, I kind of backed off and said you know it, it's different I'm working through it um, I really didn't have an answer right because I, I think that point you speak about uh, is not an uncommon. Um, Afferent, you know, it's not, you know, it's something that we do. It's almost this built in American optimism. And I don't say that in a bad way, but when you think about our country compared to, we, we typically have this brighter outcome, the, the, the lights at the end of the tunnel, this will happen. And so we always make that assumption, not to say that we shouldn't be positive or optimistic, but I think what it does is that it creates this false sense of strength, security, and almost this unrealistic insulation of um of pain right because yeah. you know when when you do that it forces the other person to say i don't want to push but man i know that he's in a place and that's why i thank you for saying nah, I'm, I'm gonna keep texting you until you respond i'm gonna keep just like <laughs> you know and and it was odd like even uh one of my friends who knew um, and actually came up came up to the hospital and i was not expecting that because they didn't know the family, they knew me. And so they drove 30 miles, came up there and I'm looking, I'm like, why are you here? They're like, because we know you're not good. Right. You, right. you, you are this person for everybody. And I think when we, when we talk about this show and we talk about revolting and evolve and being that better version of yourself, part of it is understanding your own emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and knowing yes. when and how to say, ouch, Right. And, <laughs> wow. Yes. You, you know, yes. you know, how do you say ouch? So, for instance, when when you when I hear you talk about your role at Camelback Ventures and, and how and we had this discussion where if you didn't hit the off, but if you didn't pull the plug, if you didn't do that, you still would keep going back and it wouldn't allow uh, them to do the things that they needed to do and you to break away. But at the same time, when you're the driver of the boat, you can't get sleepy. Right. You You can't get sleepy. You can't get sleepy. You can't say ouch. And so how do you do that as an entrepreneur, as a parent, as a as a man trying to steer these things? And and I think that's the dilemma that I have, um, because that that is one skill that I I didn't really see my father have. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't see him uh, show weakness in a way other than when it was something that would directly hurt me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he worked you know, tree job, man. He, he just worked all the time, right? <laughs> tree jobs tree all the job time, man. man. Right. So he worked all the time. He did this. He, he didn't mind doing a, a you know, even though he uh, had a master's in business, he was still collect can't, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. it was just mindset. That's like, I'm not going to be beat. And, and so that's what I saw and that's what I took, but he never said, but you also have to be vulnerable. And I think that's, that's something that I'm learning by listening to two parts on the show. And and I can tell you, it's not easy because as men having that conversation, um, any example I'll give is when you sent me your goals for the year, I didn't, I didn't respond for two, three days. Cause I didn't know how, <laughs> right. I didn't know, Hey, he's being super open. This is odd. Um, I'm going to fall <laughs> back. I'm going to fall back and just, just kind of hang and see what comes next. And then you, Hey, did you get my, I did, but I don't know how to respond. I don't know. how. Do I reciprocate that vulnerability? Do I, I don't know. Right. And so that, I think that's one of the challenges uh, when you're in this process of revolting and evolving, because for most men, and, and this isn't central to men, I think we're all taught to have a certain level of strength, whether you're a man, a woman, a certain level of independence, but where does that have to shift and say, ready for this one? I need you. I need yeah. your help. Mm-hmm. Where where does that shift mm-hmm. in that evolution occur so that now you can be the vulnerable person? You can be and I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm looking for that continued uh 
revolution and, 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 yeah. you know, evolution in who I am emotionally. Um, so it's, a, it's, um, a deep conversation, a deep conversation. Yeah, it is. And, and, and there's a couple of things I want to pull out, but I, I want our revolutionaries to know, like we're talking around something. And, and if you could just kind of give them just a small, you know, a small understanding of what happened this weekend so they can get a little, however much you want to tell, they can get a little bit of context because we're. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you all uh, may or may not know this is, you know, um, Dr. Corporal and I connect on many levels. One of them is that um, we have or had very loving fathers who uh, kind of showed us what we needed to do, did everything they needed to do. Uh, both of our fathers, uh, unfortunately, um, succumbed to some of the complications of dementia. Um, my father passed in October 2017. And... Um, since that time, it has been a challenge because you in, but I lost my father before I truly lost my father, but he ingrained in me, um, basically these aphorisms and these sayings and these different things that I've been able to pull and use, um, throughout my life. Well, prior to my father passing, um, you know, the Lord saw fit to bring another, um, man into my life that, that really took that role on. And I don't think he, and he didn't push his way in. It was, you know, it was just this organic relationship that occurred through the love of photography, the love of um, just being gregarious and, and helping individuals and people. And uh, we met on a football field and um, long story short, uh, Mr. Magic Gray kind of stepped in. And even when my father passed, he was one of the first people to, to reach out and, and talk to me and, and help me through that. Um, brilliant man, uh, brilliant. And um, he had a saying where he would talk about uh, what's your GPS? I know we say global positioning, but he was very um, Christ-based and his goal was to say the GPS can't get you where you want to go unless you know where you need to be. Right. right. Because you have to put it in. And that's what he really worked with me on is saying, I know you want to be this great doctor, but you got to know how you look before you get there. You got to see it before you be it. You know, and it was just this constant. And, you know, we use the term on the show. How do you show up for someone? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dr. Corpu and I talked about I was in Afghanistan and people couldn't reach me. You know, it's a war zone. Right. But. He found a way to, through the Internet, through Internet calls to just literally call me for 10 seconds and ask me how I'm doing. Well, wow. uh, unfortunately, he had um, an incurable uh, cancer that progressed uh, rapidly. And uh, over the past six months, uh, myself, his we, we, we worked, um, you know, did everything we could to, to really reconcile um, his comfortability, looking at different options and things. But um, on Sunday, uh, just yesterday, uh, unfortunately, he passed. Mm, sorry. And um, I mean, you, you know, as a as a clinician, we build up these uh, the ability to. Uh, try to insulate our emotions because as a cardiologist, I, I see death and dying uh, far too frequently, far too often. And, and not that you become numb, but you learn how to connect and then disconnect. But this was one of those um, instances where um, I couldn't disconnect. Right. Right. You know, he was like that second father, this, teaching mm -hmm. you things and, and doing things. And there are parts of me that smile when I think about some of the things he said, there are parts of me that um, even today at work, you know, that, that were triggering because he plays such a big role uh, every morning, whether it was a text, whether it was a call. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he, he made that a priority. Uh, he did the same thing for his family. Uh, and, and just to see 
I don't know. And you, and you always are in this space, not so much of blame, but where you evaluate, you know, could I have given better counsel? Could I have done this? Could I have done that? Um, and and much of it is just you rethinking and, and replaying those things. And I know it's not uncommon. I did the same thing with my father where, you know, I said, well, maybe if I would have identified this or done that. And I didn't tell you this with my father. I was initially a person that diagnosed him with Alzheimer's disease. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were driving back. He had picked me up from college. Uh, we were driving back. And my dad, again, he's a military man. He reads compasses and maps and we're heading east. And I fell asleep in the car briefly upon waking up. We were from Kansas to North Carolina. We were heading to Chicago. Wow. And when I asked him, he didn't. And of course he was in, and I didn't think much of it, but then after that. And so I had to be the one to to talk to him first and to talk to my parents mm-hmm. and to talk to it's my tough. family. So, yes. yeah, but I don't, uh, you know, I don't want, but that, that is what we're talking around. And, and yeah. it, it played such a big role on uh, what my weekend was and, and what it should have been. And, and I'm glad I was able to show up uh, and, and be there and be present uh, for the family and for Mr. Gray. Um, but it's, it still hurts. It's still tough. It's yeah. still yeah. fresh. And even, even though I know the five stages of grief, <laughs> um, it, it, uh, it doesn't make it any easier to know that I'm here. And at some point I'm going to get to, uh, acceptance. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Yeah, so no, but I appreciate you sharing. And, you know, my, I know our, our, our guests, our revolutionaries are, you know, are, are with you, um, you know, as, as a part of this process. And I'm happy that, as you said, we've connected on a number of levels, professional, personal, you know, to be, Come tremendous friends in a short, very, you know, fast friends in a very short period of time. And so the ability to pick up the phone on a, a Saturday afternoon, and be like, yo, what's, what's, what's going on? Right. And, and to hopefully be a, a moment of solace and uh, opportunity for you to just, you know, like you said, we, to be vulnerable and say, this is what I'm going through. And, um, what it speaks to me, like I said, there were a couple of things that I wanted to, I wanted to really, really pull out is that, uh, I'll call it mentor. I'll call it mentorship, but the the depth of this is 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 as is, is, is pseudo fatherhood. You know, when you lose a father, um, when you lose a father, and as close as we were to our fathers, it is a huge void. And as we said, as we talked about in the green room, like I, you know, post Christmas, I have been trying as much as I can to celebrate my father. Um, to 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 not be sad that he's gone uh, to miss him greatly. I actually dreamt about him last night and actually felt somewhat of an embrace. You know that we were mm. able to embrace to embrace each other in my dreams. Um, but it, it it does you know it it does present a void. You know when you are uh, you know you know um, when you are daddy's boy and and you grow up with that that affinity and affection. And then when they leave and then someone else steps in, you know, right. someone, someone else steps, steps in and, 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 and kind of sees that space, um, you know, and then you lose them. And so, you know, father, fathers are strategic male figures in our lives at our times, whether it be our fathers or people who step in or father figures have a tremendous role in our growth. And, and the point that I'm, 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 I think that I'm belaboring here is that, it, do, it doesn't matter. I don't think that at whatever age, and, and maybe because we're still, you know, we're middle-aged men, having that father figure, that 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 mentor or role model, even now, is still significant to our growth. Right. You know, we keep talking about revolting and evolving, and and like, who are those people or that you know that we can find to help us revolt and evolve? That when we're stuck in spaces, or who can text us? You know, I keep thinking like in this phase right now, who is that for me? Um, so I understand the great loss that you are feeling right now because it's it's hard. It's hard because as I think and talk is that people are looking at us to mentor them. Exactly. We're at that phase of our lives where, you know, I sat on the phone with my social media strategist today who's 27, 28 years old. And I'm mentoring him through, mm-hmm. you know, through his his challenges and successes. You know, I'm I'm trying to impart advice to him on what's going on in his life and how he can navigate that. 
And then I turn around and I'm like, well, shit, who's really doing that for me? You know what I'm saying? And exactly. That's the, that's the tough piece. I think that, you know, uh, we need mentorship as need mentorship as, as at, at all faces of our lives. I don't, I, I haven't talked to anybody who's older than us about their mentorship, you know, whether the 80 year old is mentoring the 65 year old, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I know, I, I do know that where we are in this phase that we, we, we still don't know everything. And there's still the necessity for confidants for people who have experienced the world a little bit longer and different than us to say, I've got this goal. How do I do it? You know, as, as, you know, we still have goals. We still have, you know, things that we want to achieve. You know, how do I, how do I do it? How do you, or this is how I'm feeling right now. Exactly. And yeah, this is like you said, like, like the point is I need you. And to be able to say that, to be able to say that, and that's not, it's, it's not an easy thing. Everybody didn't have that skill set. No, it, it's not easy. And, and, and when you think about, um, our, our education system or, or how we kind of navigate what it means to be a leader, to be an entrepreneur, there is this part where you have to be, you have to have that independence, right? When you think about the true measure of success, right? It's not necessarily SAT scores. It's not necessarily physical prowess. Uh, there was a book uh, by uh, Angela Duckworth that talks about mm-hmm. grit, yeah, right? Grit. And exactly. it is the culmination of both passion and perseverance. Mm-hmm. And that piece of perseverance, I, I think, um, has a paradoxical effect because it forces you that when you would say, oh, I can't keep going. Oh, no, I got to persevere. Oh, no. And, and, and maybe my interpretation of that is incorrect. But when you look at the data of who succeeds and how they succeed is at the end of the day, they don't stop. You know, my wife and I celebrated uh, 19 years of marriage. Right. And, and congratulations. Hey, Ms. Bats. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Ms. Shout out, honey. Shout out. Still get on him, though. <laughs> <laughs> she going to come for you. I'm telling you, because she shows up. She shows up. And, and, uh, but no, I love her to life. Yeah. And, and somebody asked Happy me. Anniversary, appreciate brother. it, brother. And somebody asked me, they said, well, well, how do you stay married for so long? I said, man, mm. it's easy. Don't leave. That's it. Mm. Right. And 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 that we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Don't leave. Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, and this is this is my thought process. But I am not a marriage counselor. We that there is uh, I forget uh, a few weeks ago, we had uh, a beautiful discussion about marriage and it talked about. Do you feel safe? Do you feel uh, mm-hmm. heard? Do you feel, you know, these these four key things and they weren't love languages, but they were uh, akin to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but in a relational sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's fantastic. But for me, it was knowing that I'm not perfect, knowing that by the time I interact with somebody else, they're not going to be perfect because I'm Mm -hmm. going to push some of my imperfections (laughs) on them. And then just realizing that you you have to exist. This is from uh, another show in the 95%. Yeah. What we show yeah. on Facebook is that 5% of trips to, you know, Jamaica or that 5% the, of us. The DR. Exactly. The DR, yeah. right? Hang parasail. You got me on one there of the parasails. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. No, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, uh, it's that 5% that we show, but doing that 95%, yeah. making sure that I put a dryer sheet in the, in the dryer, making sure that, mm, you know, store. I, yeah, you know, doing those little things is actually yes. what drives the engine. And so you got to stay to see those things work. Right. And, and I think as we loop this thing back around to that whole concept of, of perseverance, even when you're staying and you don't feel as strong as you do, it's hard to say, hey, I need help. But I think that that show that articulates uh, and again, it's just because my brain is going, you know, hey, I need to feel safe. I need to feel heard. Yeah. I need to feel mm-hmm. valued. I, I need to, you know, those things are important. Right. And so I think being able to speak that language of asking and being OK with what might come back now. You, you mm-hmm. can't. Add, and, and, and we all ask with the expectation that they're going to know exactly how to answer us. But the difficulty is, is by making yourself vulnerable, you don't know what's going to come back. And I think for me, that's the scary part of vulnerability. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's it. That's all I need to say. That's 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 just the scary part of vulnerability is that 
when, particularly when you ask the question, you have to be ready and prepared for what the answer is. Right. Yeah. Um, and that the answer, the answer, the vulnerable answer that the, the, the vulnerable question may lead to an answer that you didn't expect. Exactly. And, but if you've created a safe space for both parties, then the answer should not, at least the answer should not be so appalling that it hurts. Or maybe it does hurt, but you still feel safe to experience the hurt with that person. Particularly if it's if it's a question about your relationship or you or whatever, you know, by creating that safe, by creating that space, safe space. And I think if we just, just tie a bow on the father's, like good fathers and, and good fathers and sons have the ability to have created that safe space with each other. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll take that. But what I'm going to ask you to do now is, is, is put that psychology hat on, put that hat on because what I want you to do, because I don't, I don't know. I got a 15 year old son. Uh, I have a, Ooh, man, I'm getting old a 20, almost 28 year old son. Right. And wow. as a, as a dad, I know I look great. Right. I, st- I still can run a, a 40. Right. But, but yeah. as a yeah. dad, yeah. how do I create that safe space? And there's a term that, that I've used in closed circles. I don't know if it's been used before, but it's called the, the gentrification of the young African-American male. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and my thought is that there's a certain toughness that I had to grow up with. To, to get out yeah. of from where I was from. My kids will never have those same experiences, right? Mm. We, we both appreciate that experience is a teacher. It's not necessarily the best teacher. And sometimes you can learn, hey, you don't want your kid to have that experience. But when it comes to being able to navigate certain things and being able to see things before they happen and being able to, you know, make a certain turn in a neighborhood and know, OK, I probably need to. And, and, and I'm not saying <laughs> and maybe this is this outside of this. Exactly. But those are things that. And, and and I don't know, hey, is that how I want to equip them? And and so creating that safe space for open conversation as a dad is challenging. And so just if we expand it to non-dads, to uh, women, to relationships, I how do you create that safe space? What are there? You know me, I like three steps, five steps. How do you create a safe space so that we, we, we're not thrown back when someone says or does something. We say, OK, um, but they say it in a way that that doesn't hurt as much. How do you create a safe space? So the question is, how do you create a safe space with your sons? With my sons? In, well, how about just broadly in relationships? Because it may be different if it's a romantic relationship, it's if a business relationship. But I think mm-hmm. that they're probably foundational tenets that mm-hmm. can transcend some of those things. And and when you had the guest on that talked about conscious leadership, she mm-hmm. highlighted first, you got to be responsible for where you are. So I didn't know if when you create, but she also talked about creating a space where as a leader, you can turn around and say, hey, look, I didn't do what I needed to do where I made this mistake. Right, right, and I think right. those same tenets, and maybe I'm trying to you know, Occam's razor it too much, make it too simple. <laughs> right. But I want to, I want a cheat code. That word, on that, how- word, that word real smart. <laughs> he, really, he said real smart. Go Google Occam's razor. Cause I ain't going to try. I ain't, I ain't you, you going to try. Hey, I know what it is. I heard you say I, terse and pericope yeah, yeah, before. When you say right, pericope right, right. on one of the calls, I said, okay, he's playing now. Persnickety. I said persnickety. Yeah. I, Ain't gonna try to explain Occam's razor. But what I am going to do is try to answer this question. Yes. Let's 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 think about our relationship. I think the, the I, I think one of the tenets to vulnerability is time. You know, time. What do they say? A hundred hours? It takes a hundred hours of time together, somewhere between ninety and a hundred hours of time for people to actually establish a friendship. And so you, you, you think about that. You think about the amount of time it takes for you to just establish like friends to say, I'm to say, I'm your friend. Um, and I think what happens is when you, when you spend time together, it becomes a natural progression of let me consciously review. Can I trust time? 
trust, right? And so, so my thing there is that the more the more time that I spend with you, I can then recognize whether or not I can trust you. And I want to say the foundation of vulnerability is trust. And even though we, even though we are, you know, we have parents, or we're, we we have parents, or we are parents, it doesn't mean that the behaviors that we, you know, exhibit to the world or to our children to relationship will allow them to trust us. And that trust can come and go, in my opinion, because I'm thinking about when you, I'm thinking about a current relationship with my with my family member, okay. and. That trust can come and go based on how the exhibition of behavior happens. But I think if we are consistent, you know, with the time that we spend and the trust that we build, it then allows for us to be vulnerable with each other. And I'm, you know, I I think about those times when I could just go to my father, you know, because we had spent time together, you know, the thing that I wrestle with now and I feel like I failed in my sense with my relationship because as I got older and as he got older, I never really knew what he wrestled with as a man. I think I've said that before, you know, but I think those are the conversations that sons and fathers and daughters and fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and mothers in relationships is one of those questions like, what are you wrestling with in your life? Because if if we can talk about what we're wrestling in our lives with and we can open that, but that, that comes from time and trust. This is what I'm wrestling with. And it may not be something bad. I'm wrestling with this opportunity around what's the next place that I'm going to sit in venture capital. I've got opportunities in front of me, like great opportunity. I'm wrestling with that. But do I trust you enough to say, I'm wrestling with this. I don't know. I need you. And I think right, when you get to that fact, I could say to my father, I need you because we spent so much time and I trusted my father. I knew that my father was going to protect me. I knew that from a, I knew that from an early age in life that he was going to protect me. I wanted to be around him. It is this innateness. Not every father and son may not have that because right. every, every person or every man is not a good father. But for me, and it sounds like for you as well with your father, that you built a level of trust over time. And he exhibited this behavior that said, I am safe with you. Right. There was no point in time. There was never a point in my life where I did not feel safe with him. That's powerful. So time translates to trust. Mm-hmm. And then that trust is further solidified over time. And I think it, it goes back to the point that I said with regards to, you know, my marriage is, you know, the way you, you just you stay. Now, you, yeah. you don't you know, but by no means am I saying stay if bad things are occurring, but you stay because that time you trust that you know, I'm going to get better. And that's why I tell people, I say, you know, if you wrote a book on how to have the perfect marriage, it would actually just be a self-help book. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like you would have to pick, it's start with it's you. Gotta start with you. Right. It's and, gotta start with you. you know, you know, my wife and I did a study called before you say I do. And in the book, and we, we did it over 20 years ago. Well, about 20 years ago. And the book articulates all the things. It makes you list out all the things that you want in your wife. And she's list all the things that she want in me. <laughs> and now when we look back on it, all the things I said I wasn't going to do or that I couldn't do, guess what? You're doing them and all the things. And it's this reciprocal thing that over time, we trust that we have to fill in those gaps. And I think to bring it back to uh, the relational sense, whether it's a business relationship, a romantic relationship, a friendship, there's got to be places where I'm not strong. Right. And and you have to be the one to fill that in. And if you recognize that, don't allow both of us to be weak in that same space. Right. One mm-hmm. of us has to make the call to, you know, uh, I got an issue with, you know, shoes being on the ground when I walk in the garage and I'm always the one that falls over. But I'm like, I'm not picking these shoes up. Right. But at the end of the day, somebody got to pick them up. Yeah, and it's usually someone got to pick them up. Right. Yeah. So w- w- when we think about, 
that time, I think there's a certain level of impatience that exists, right? Because it should be fast. I should be swept off my feet. I should find, you know, what do they say? Uh, you know, love at first sight. That's that, again, that goes back into that American ideal of optimism, yeah. perfection mm-hmm. and these type things, which all sounds good. But for the most part, that that's not the reality. That's not what truly occurs. No, and and no. I think helping people to understand that, that it, it, it takes work, right? And even if we speak to venture capitalism and being an entrepreneur, right? It's the same thing. Same, it's the same thing. Same process, right? Yeah. And, and time, time, trust, affections, you know, uh, the things you're exactly right. I mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 no. That's why I wanted you to, to break it down because you helped me to unpack it. I didn't, I, I don't know. And, and what you're telling me. So if I say, so if it, again, I'm a football dad and, and, you know, after we finish this uh, podcast, I, I, I may go out to the track I was going to take today to just reset my brain, but I'm also a track coach. Uh, right. Love my track team. Uh, but when dad say, well, how do you, build that relationship. And they just look at my son and our relationship and say, oh man, they, but we, we show that 5%. We show him, you know, competing in robotics world championships and doing all this stuff. Right. But it is those times in the car where it's that awkward speak, right? Where, how are you doing? Fine. Where are you going? Fine. (laughs) Do you have this? Fine. And and then as a father or in any relationship, you got to break through that. Right. You, you have you gotta, to break you gotta, through you that gotta break through and them. really exactly. dig down and really drill down and take the time to have those tough conversations so that you can build mm-hmm. trust. I'm trying to come up with some sort of acronym on fight. My brain you is know, going. I, I know right. you will. Look, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. But I, I mean, you're right. I just, I just you know, and, and here's the thing for me, I was an only child. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was an only child. So for us, I'm going to make the hypothesis that we were each other's, you know, once, once we were past the father son piece, when he could realize that my son is, my, my son is on his way. I don't have to father, but I also like love hanging out with my son and I love hanging out with my dad. And, you know, once that fathering was over, there was still like, that's my dad and I'm your son, but I want to spend time with you. I want to revere. Mm-hmm this time with you. Like we would go to basketball games. We would go to football games. You know what I'm saying? I traveled with him to his homecoming. Um, I mean, there were times when he would come to new Orleans and I'm like, all right, you know, uh, mom, we're out. Like, I just want to go. I would take my dad to the frat house. I mean, just to be with him. Right. It was because of time, trust, affection. Right. But you know, the thing you said, and and patient, my father had to be, we, we had to be patient with each other. You know, my father had to watch me grow and then and, and steer just like yours. And I think the the point that we're saying, I think the point that I'm saying to you is when it comes to your sons. And I, I don't know. I don't have a child. You know, I can I can only hypothesize. But I I can only from speak from my experience with my dad is that we had awkward times when I was an adolescent. But he still said, hey, come jump in the car with me and let's just go. Right. You know, and. We didn't have all the distractions that our kids have. The kids have. Now. I agree. I didn't, there wasn't a phone in my hand. There wasn't a tablet. There wasn't, there wasn't all the things. We had to listen to the radio together. And I, <laughs> I, and, and I distinctly remember a time when we were in the car and I was just singing a song. I was like, well, Dad, how do I know the words? And I'm asking my dad. He was like, well, you're at that age where you're just going to remember. You're going to sing songs and they're going to come. And I remember him saying that. Wow. And I was... Ha- I'm, look, I'm 12, 13. I remember that. But that was times in the car, you know? I remember when he stopped driving, and I remember looking at him with his hat down, sitting low in the seat, and I'm taking him to get his favorite, you know, number one at, 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 at Wendy's. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, seeing the, I'm seeing the role reversal. Right. But I'm, I'm loving it because it's time with him. And, you know, I'm loving it, but I'm also like, I wanted to do something else, but he was like, can you take me to get a Subway sandwich or can you take me to Wendy's? And, and I'm like, them. sure. And I'm I, and then I'm looking over and I'm like, I can't get this time back. Right. And and so I, I, I think with any relationship with sons or daughters or business partners, whatever it is, it's time and it's consciously showing people that they can trust you. 
And once trust is built, things explode. Exactly. You know, things explode. Think about, you know, 19 years of you and Mrs. Betts, you know, where the, the, the trust and what's, what's exploded? Children, right. you know, and all, all of the things. And, we, and, and, and revolutionaries, I know what you're going to say because you know what I'm about to say is that Dr. Betts is successful in life, right? Most likely because Mrs. Betts poured into him. That is true. <laughs> you know, for the last 19, you think about the last, last 19 years of your life, what you could have been and who you are. Exactly. No, you, and you're speaking to it. It, it, it makes that point where uh, she stayed when I had the 36 hour shift and came home and was grumpy and, you know, forgot to do X and left this. You know, <laughs> it, it's all these little things that 95 percent. Right. It's that 95 percent of the mundane every day, even even now. I mean, as I was coming home from the office today, she texts me this list um, of how to and, and don't don't laugh. Revolution of how to turn on the washer and move stuff to the dry. Because I don't know. I've never had to <laughs> navigate that space. Like, I guess it's a first world problem, but I'm blessed to allow other parts of my brain to do. St- it's it's just this weird. <laughs> look, look, look. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> look, 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 like you had to do what? Yeah, no, it. Uh, but no, it, it speaks to, like you says, um, and there's something that I talk to um, pretty much, I say all my kids, right? Because I coach. And so I ask them, I say, what are the two most valuable things in life? And without hesitation, any uh, anybody I mentor, uh, any child I've coached will tell you the two most valuable things in life are time and opportunity. Time and opportunity. Sometimes when you have the time, you don't have the opportunity. Sometimes when you have the opportunity, you just don't have the time. But whenever those two things meet, whenever that synergy occurs, you you have to take advantage of that situation, yeah. mm-hmm. grab it and run with it. And oftentimes it occurs. I'm going to pivot into kind of another one of those those points. Right. It's a choice point. That's- there it is, man. I love it. It's been in my mind. It's been in my mind. The entire- I was like, it's coming. I was like, it's coming. Yep. So go ahead. So, so, and, 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 and it wasn't until we started talking about time, trust, mm-hmm. tough conversations, you know, connected, you know, those type things that I'm like, man, this is, but it is that it, it is those points in life where you have to make that decision. And it's usually binary. It's usually right or left. Yes or no. As you said on one show, red or blue. And everybody that knows the matrix knows you yeah, pick, matrix, there you, you go. Red pill, you, blue pill. Right. So it's those points. And it's not hard. It's because and, and it's typically not two bad things oftentimes, because once you get into a certain place, you're choosing one path versus the other. But those paths can have significant different approaches to where you go and what your trajectory is and what you decide to do. And when you look at relationships, oftentimes not to oversimplify them. But oftentimes it's that simple. It is. Do you pick up the card to be considerate, even though you're upset and you stop by Walgreens to give it? Or do you drive straight home knowing that you should have and then you get home and then you deal with whatever Mm -hmm. you want for the next Mm -hmm. five, six, seven days? Do you know? So do you pick up the shoes that you trip over every day? But just Mm -hmm. to teach them a lesson, you're not going to pick them up again. It's binary. Do I pick them up or do I not? So you know, help me on, because again, I didn't, I never put that together like that until this conversation. So, so doctor, go ahead. Let me hear you break <laughs> well, it down. Thing, like, the science look, behind. Look, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing as we, as we move through these, like these, these tenets of fulfilling your revolution. And we, you know, we, we've talked a lot about revolt and revolve. We've named the show revolt and evolve. But the point is, once you make, once, once you decide that I've got to revolt from X, I've got to then evolve to what? And in, in, in the evolution of yourself will require that you make choices, right? Will, will exactly. require. And the thing for me, the thing for me that has been distilled down so much from this show is that if you can at least have some forethought on what the choices are that you're going to have to make, 
if you could have some forethought to like, right. I, I want to be plant-based, right? I want to be plant, more plant-based, right? At the end of the year, I want to say that, you know, I ate more plant-based than I, I did meat-based. But what are the choices that I, am I going to have to make? Well, when I go out, right, the choice is going to be, well, there might be some tasty, meaty options. I know this is simple. <laughs> but if, 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 I, if I'm revolting and evolving into this, to be this plant-based person, there I can figure it out. The choice is, what am I going to do when, I, when I'm challenged around plant-based versus meat-based? If I know the choices, okay, that I know that if I'm going to this restaurant and they may not have a lot of plant-based options, how do, do I even want to go? One. Or two, how can I figure out for them to create a, a plant-based option for me? But at least if I know in my process, what are the choices or some, because we cannot know all of the choices that will happen. What are the choices, some of the choices that will allow me to continue along my revolution that I created as I'm evolving into this revolutionary person of myself? That's the thing. Like, no, you know, and Rashid Thomas said this. He's coming back on the show, too. I cannot wait. Me cannot either. wait. Right. Me the funny either. thing about it is, right, you know, his, his book is called About That Life. You know, I didn't know that. Another yeah. book to, yeah, to yeah, add yeah. to the library. Another book yeah, to yeah. add to the library. Yeah. And um, and that's the thing he talks about. He's like, you have to, as you're moving, you have to know your choice points. And and that's the thing. It, 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 and we've talked so much about if relationships are the thing and building relationship, if it's time and trust because you want to get to vulnerability, you have to choose to exhibit behaviors that will allow people to trust you. Because right. if you don't, if you don't, that person won't be vulnerable with you and they won't accept your vulnerability. That's, That's the thing. They won't. If I can't trust you, I'm not going to accept your vulnerability. That's and so it's a, it, there's a duality to it. You both have to consciously show up, spend time, learn how to trust each other because... That's when you can be the most vulnerable, but you have to choose that. You have to choose the exhibit behavior. Picking to me, I know it's simple, but if I look at Saturday's behavior, I'm driving down the road, listening to some good music. There's a choice in there to pick up the phone. Right. It's a Saturday. Travis never calls me on a Saturday. In my That's mind, true. I got to pick up the phone. Hopefully in Travis's mind, when we get off the phone, Travis knows I can trust him in, in, in those moments, in those dire moments of life. I have a friend that I can pick up the phone and I can call. That's trust. That will allow us to build, to be even better friends. I think about Dr. Elijah Beatty. What, what allowed us to trust each other is that the time that we spend in New Orleans, like those initial moments Post Katrina, when it was just me and him. Wow, that's crazy. Right? We're going on 18 years of friendship. Talk every week. But that's time and the ability to trust it. There, there are very few people in this life that can say this shit that Eli says to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I will say, I will take that into consideration. <laughs> You know what I'm I know Eli. I, will take, I know Eli. I will take that. I will. I will take that into consideration because it's time and trust. And I choose, right? I make sure that I choose that friendship every day. So that that that's my thing. Revolution is as 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 we're talking about our five tenets, and we're just getting to this: revolt and evolve, and know your choice points. If you know what your revolution is, you're going to have to be a different person. You're going to have to evolve into a, a different person. But you at least need to know what are some of the choices that you're going to have to make to keep you along the road, to keep you on the path of revolution. you got to know, oh, this is going to come up, right? This person may enter my life. No, not, not today, the right person, right. You're not the No, not today. I cannot. All right. I hope you look good. You know what I'm saying? You got talents. You know what I'm saying? You got talents, but not today. Not today. Not tomorrow. I cannot. You know? So that's my thing. Go ahead, bro. 
What I was going to say, and, and you touched on it, was that once you revolt, revolt and evolve, your choices should change. So it allows you to anticipate what they are. When you put yourself in a different space, those things are going to be different. Just like if you're on one road and you have these exits and you have these things, well, when you go to a different road and and sometimes those roads can be miles apart, you're going to have different exits, different choices. And that's one way how you can kind of prepare for what those new choices are. Now, will you have the answer? No, but you're going to be drawn to where your purpose is. You're going to be drawn to those things that you naturally move into. My my father used to have a saying, uh, and initially I didn't agree with it, but I, I got what he said. And ultimately he had a saying that said, do what you're good at and hopefully you like it. And I said, what? And his point was, the longer you stick with something that you're good at doing, you're going to move into that space effortlessly and it's yes. going to give you this freedom of thought, this independence, this charis- you, know, you know, this charisma that occurs with it that you wouldn't have as you're trying to, you know, fit, uh, you know, a round peg into a square hole. His point wasn't to be comfortable with complacency. It was to do the 95 percent to allow you yeah. to evolve and have those choices for that 5%. And it was, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until we started working through, okay, why did he say that? Why, you know, why is that important? You know, because again, and the example was you, I'm not the tallest person in the world. Let's just say that, (laughs) you know, I got a lot of spirit right about that, but I made the high school best. He's a spunky, he's a spunky, (laughs) a little spunk. So yeah, but I made the high school basketball team and I get home and I say, Hey dad, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do some work. I'm going to save up and get some shoes for basketball. He said, why? I said, well, I made the team. And he just looks at me. My dad is shorter than I am. How, wait a minute. We need to let revolutionaries know how tall you are. <laughs> revolutionaries. My media guy height for college was 5'8". So anybody that knows me, the media my height. media guy height. Okay. This is the media guy my media height. My media guy so height subtracted, is 5'8". Subtracted two inches. <laughs> you nailed it. You, you nailed it. There we go. We won't say anymore. We won't say anymore. But yeah. his point, and so ultimately he, he allowed me to play, but he said, son, and, and not to say that you can't be the one off the one, but you're great in track. You're great in football. They have indoor track. And it was him saying you making this choice, right, is going to put you down a path where you're going to do something that you might like right then. But you're really good at these other things. Mm-hmm. Fast forward four years or three years. I'm at college on a track scholarship. Right. right. Not knowing mm-hmm. that that was you know, but he exactly it was that choice point. And it was Mm -hmm. him trying to vector me in a way to say, hey, come on, come on. But and I think once you build trust with people, right, like with you, if you said, you know, hey, Travis, I think you need to do this. Have you looked at doing this? Have you thought about working on this? I'm really going to take that into consideration because I feel like, yeah, I mean, the last time I gave you some advice, um, you said your wife was going to come from me. If I, <laughs> I knew it was coming so, up. I, I threw you that softball. I, I threw you that softball. You, I can't, I can't yeah. give you no advice. But no you know more. what that's going to do when she comes for you? It's, it's a choice point. She going to make that choice. <laughs> I made the choice. Made <laughs> you made the choice. choice. She going to make a choice. And ultimately it's going to build my trust in her. Cause she going to come for you. <laughs> you know I made the choice. I'm glad, I'm glad I don't live, I don't live in Texas. <laughs> Oh yeah. Hey Miss Bats. Yeah. She coming for you. I'm telling you. She coming for you. Let it let it go if you want to. I ain't even worried. You see how free I can be? Give us free. I'm free. Cause I know she got my back. We spent the time, had tough conversations, and I trust that she gonna take care of me. But ultimately, those your choices should change. Your choices should evolve yeah. just like you evolve, right? Because and, and you said this, there are different versions of you. That my pastor, Pastor Brown, used to say, the problem with turning over a new leaf, and then you, I want you to say your analogy after this, is that the old leaf is on the other side. And the problem with doing leaf work is that we just yeah. get blown in the wind. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got to do that root work. Game time. Yeah, yeah, That's you gotta piece. do that. You gotta, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Eric Thomas. I gotta, hey, I didn't get that. I didn't make that. Up. I give, I give people the credit where they do. Shout Excellent. out to Eric Thomas for that, that work. You know. Brother, we've been doing this, man, and it, it all it always flies by, and it is it is an enjoyable it is an enjoyable time to spend with you, um, like doing this this these segments these shows this revolt and evolve as as we 
you know, move through this space together, uh, having having point, look, poignant, <laughs> poignant conversations uh, about a host of topics. But revolutionaries, I want you to know as you're thinking about this, as we move through these five tenets and and the the accompanying conversations that go along with them. As you fulfill your revolution, make sure that you are revolting and evolving into the person that you want to be and know your choice points, like figure out what they are, write them down, right? If you, to get to your revolution, you have to do this. I need to make these choices when X comes up, because if you know, if you know, I need to make this choice, right? You most likely will actually make the correct choice because you know, it's coming. You're prepared for it. Brother, look, look, the floor is yours. Close, close us out here. Dr. Close us out. Bring the revolution home. Well, where we started in this conversation, so always thank you for the opportunity to just learn from you, to, to have more time, to invest more time into the relationship that we're building to help other people reach their revolution. Um, from our standpoint or from my standpoint, uh, this has been an evolution of thought, mm-hmm. of emotion, um, you, not the easiest conversation to have when I hearken back to my father and, and my recent, um, yeah. you know, relationship with another man who, who kind of filled in that role. Um, but yeah. what you all have been able to see or hear, uh, for that matter, is when two people who, number one, have spent time, who trust each other and who understand that ultimately moving forward and evolving is a choice. But those choices yeah. has to, have to evolve, right? Where mm-hmm. we go from now is totally, or where you go from now is totally predicated on those decisions that you make. So moving forward, I, I just want everyone to, number one, value the time that you have with whoever you, you have in your life, whether that's a parent, yeah. a friend, uh, a coworker. And number two, don't forget the opportunities that you have to pull someone else along with you as you yeah. vote and evolve. That's right. No, your revolution is not just for you. We'll get there. We'll get to that. But yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. I appreciate you. Um, and I look forward to the next episode of Revolt and Evolve with Dr. Travis Batts and, and Dr. Charles Corporate as we do our thing. And make sure that Revolutionaries, you're going and listening to this brother's podcast, the About That Life podcast, the podcast yeah. about life or living intentionally forever. There we go. Living intentionally forever. You know, that's what we want to. We want to we want to live forever. Shout out to our boy, Tyshawn Bryant, uh, CEO of Green Regimen uh, and the things that he's doing. Go back, go back and listen to that episode of Tyshine talking about how to, you know, how to live to 100 and the latest episode that's out uh, prior to this is with Curran Swint. Curran, Curran Swint. I messed that brother's name up all, all the time, but he is the CEO and founder of KRT and QRT Cycling, a wonderful fashion brand that actually brings community together. So make sure that you are checking that out uh, and supporting everybody and everything that comes on the show. This is what this platform is, right? Make sure that Dr. Betts, right, the world can see that this brother, the the, the, the world-renowned cardiologist is out here saving the world. And if, if you all knew, like, he is a true Jamaican. He knows how to do everything. <laughs> he, got, he got 10 jobs, man. <laughs> Revolutionaries, you know we love you, uh, that we're here for you. We can't wait. We can't wait for the next time that we spend some time with you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we see you next time. Take care. Peace. I, I kind of lost my dad before I lost my dad because of Alzheimer's. And so when I would, you know, that's why I could connect with you, you know, in terms uh-huh. of that. And, and it was odd. My father passed uh, October 2017. And then mm-hmm. three months prior to that, I met uh, Mr. Magic Gray. Right. And he's okay. this, you know, you talk about luminary. He's somebody that could do everything with anything. He talked to anybody. He, he started this program <laughs> called Starbucks Ministries. Literally, okay. he would just go to okay. Starbucks and start ministering to people. And, right. it, and at first right. people thought he was crazy. But um, 
and he continued and it grew and, and people just started to to gravitate towards him and so we engaged initially um with photography and, and more creative works he's a great photographer and we just kind of built a relationship and over time you know he you know taught me some different things and, and helped me to understand um, it, it's a word that you say that they really uh, didn't start to resonate with me until we started to do the show um, but it was you know being there for someone or being available yeah, yeah. Or, or those type of things and <clears throat> You, you hear it, right? With football, I got you in this, but really to be uh, available. How you were this weekend, you know, where I'm just yeah. calling out the blue. And and he was one of them people that no matter what, I mean, I, I remember when I was in Afghanistan and for some reason, nobody could contact me for whatever what. He found a way to reach me in Afghanistan. 